0: Welcome, 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 welcome to another heart to heart conversation of this, the Roadblock Podcast with yours, Julie Nicolaitz, baby. It is my pleasure, honor, privilege to bring you these heart to heart conversations, and I hope that they are encouraging you, edifying you, and just teaching you more of the heart of our father as we sojourn here in this earth thank you thank you thank you so much for being here like share subscribe if you are blessed do that do that go ahead and do that as we get into this week's conversation and just a nugget to encourage you before we get into our conversation today that if God has instructed you to do something if he said you know this is what I want you to do guess what Go for it. Do it. There are times when the Lord may tell us to do something. We get so passionate, and we're like, "Yes!" But then we stop and start thinking. That thinking is what the is what that's where the problem is because we start thinking now about what we don't have. We start thinking about resources. We start thinking about everything. And by the time we look around, the time is spent wasting time thinking, complaining, talking about what we wished we had. And then we just delay, 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 delay and sometimes never get it done. So I want to encourage you, if the Lord has put something on your heart, if he's leading you in a particular direction, go for it. You may not have all the answers. You may not understand everything, but just do it. One of the things that I've learned is that sometimes the understanding comes as you walk in obedience. Obedience. So just walk in obedience, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and to trust God with your life. And never forget, whatever vision that he gives you, that he shares with you, ultimately it's his vision. It's by his love, by his mercy that he chooses to labor, co-labor, that he chooses to partner with us in the earth to carry out his vision. Amen. So today, inside of our heart-to-heart conversation, I have a wonderful sister, my friend. I've known her for years, a Trudy Ann God, <laughs> This is actually part one of our discussion because it was just so good. Part one was just so good. And so we have decided to have a part two and it's gonna get, jo- oh, you're just gonna love it. So today we're talking about broken to beautiful, changing stories. You see why we need two parts, right? (laughs) So it's broken to beautiful, changing stories. And I want you to know it doesn't matter what your story is today. God is in the business of changing stories. Inside of our heart-to-heart conversation today, we touched on matters of identity, accepting the role that God has given us and not simply emulating others. Mm -mm, We don't just want to be like everybody else. We want to be what God, who God has called us to be, and not laboring trying to be like this one and that one and that one. We touched on that. We touched on entrepreneurship. Trudian is an entrepreneur, she's the affluent auntie, she's former intercessory worshipper, she's a minister in her own right, she's a business woman. Listen, she is very talented, very creative, and she's gonna share with us some nuggets today from her life's experiences and how God is raising her into the beautiful woman wife and minister that she is. We also touched on grief and accepting the will of God. So I hope that you'll be blessed inside of this heart to heart conversation. Let's go on over as we speak to Trudy and Morgan, the affluent auntie, the Mrs. Morgan. Hello, Trudy and Morgan. How are you doing? Hey. <laughs> I'm well. How are you? I am doing well. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. You are um, a wife. You are a sister. You are doing your ministry thing. I'm an auntie. Don't forget that girl. <laughs> your aunt, listen, and that's your that's your hand, your Instagram handle. Um, what's the name of it again? Um, Affluent, auntie. Affluent, auntie. Listen, so auntie Trudy, auntie Moisey. Being a wife for how long? Seven years now? I mean, going eight, yeah. Yeah, quite long. <laughs> Tell me about the journey.
1: Oh, it's been wonderful. Um, right is the man of my dreams. Big of Chad anyway. <laughs> um, and it's just been a wonderful experience of growing in our understanding of what it means to replicate Christ and the church. Um, growing in love, growing in understanding, growing in forgiveness, in knowledge of each other, and ultimately in understanding that though we are married here on earth, that's our intention is to find the flame of, you know, getting to heaven. <laughs> And so that means walking in purity and in uprightness and keeping each other accountable and stuff. So it's been a wonderful journey. It really has. And I'm grateful.
0: Wow. Do you find that you have become a better person? I mean, God knows how to grow us, all of us, to raise all of us as His children. But do you think that marriage has helped to, you know, make a, a golden image out of Trudy?
1: Um, Trudy always needs some shaving down, you know, no, always. <laughs> true, they always need the Lord to correct about something. But I think if anything, um, marriage has caused me to be more aware of who I've evolved into. Um, Because who I am seven years ago is most definitely not who I am now. Um, But yet at the same time, there are still things in me that the Lord wants to, you know, extract out. Um, And he's used marriage to to do that. He's used marriage to highlight some of the areas in which. He wants to perfect me. He's also, you know, um, affirmed me in my strengths in marriage. And so it's just beautiful to see, like, the years of maturity um, and just how much more potential the Lord has placed in me and seeing it come out in that space. So I'm pretty excited about what it will develop.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Muezi. What what's what's that name? Where did you get that name from? And do you oh, also you also, <laughs> you also named your company because I mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. Your company also uh, has the name. What's it Memories by Moezi? Memories by Moesi, yes. Yes, yes. All right, give us that backstory.
1: <laughs> I got that name from my beloved husband. Um you know in the relationship and it's really nice and you start to give each other nicknames. <laughs> and um I was a moon lover. I am a moon lover. Full bon moon. Oh, love it. Love it, love it. And so um, Swahili means moon or love of the moon or something to that effect. And when he said it, when he said Muizi, it just, it's it stuck to me, you know? Um. Yeah, so that's where that name came from. And then the Lord in his wisdom caused me to develop Memories by Muizhi, which is a wedding planning company. And... The Lord gave me the name as, as he also threw me into the position of planning weddings because those I I studied initially, um, events planning. The way how the business started was that somebody just called me randomly one day and was just like, hi, you do weddings, right? I was just like, not really. I had just assisted a friend on an event and they're like, well, you don't know me. I'm from Montego Bay and I want you to plan my wedding. And I was like, what's me? i'm the person <laughs> and so you know i started hyperventilating and i'm just like god what do you want me to do and i heard my family that amazing. and
0: yeah that's this is where we are now it's a whole company <laughs> can you talk to those who may find themselves right there god kind of switching gears on them or not someone switching gears but causing them to see what they were born to do and it kind of feel like a roadblock or there, there is some discomfort in that switch. I
1: feel like, you know, each person being made in image and lightness of Christ, we all have this thing that is a part of us. Some people are lucky enough to have more than one thing, like, like Mrs. Swaybe, <laughs> who is a journalist and a psalmist. But, you know, we have, I think we all have this, ability to create in some way or another you know it it may not seem or look like that of creatives, but some people are good with their hands um some people are innovative some people are resourceful you know we all have a, a thing that god has given to us like a gift um and i think with the way how the world is especially the western world you know there is this desire to go to school and you know honor your parents and make money and get a house and a car and children you know and and the truth is like a lot of us our lives will not look like you know the regular plan of this right. is how life should be because we have that void like there is something more um I'm I'm working in an office, but I have this skill set. How can I use this thing? I don't know why I'm able to do here. Why am I just able to do here? And everybody keeps asking me to do here. Why, why, why? And then we we we, we begin to realize that there's this discomfort that we feel because we're in a space that we were that is a learned space in essence. Like you're working or you're pursuing something vocationally, but then there's more, you know. And I think I think with the beauty of who God is, we don't have to do any one thing, you know? I know quite a few people who are in the marketplace, but who embrace their gifts from the Lord. And so I think it's beautiful to, to find that balance and also to follow God's instructions because you don't want to be overtly passionate and just be like, okay, I feel this thing and let me just run with this hairdressing thing. I don't know I'm I'm speaking about hairdressing. I, I can't do hair. <laughs> But let me just run with this hair dressing thing and it may not be God's time, you know. Yeah. And so it's it's knowing how to balance, you know, work and play until you know there is a call to any of the two, which you know, the marketplace is isn't a place that deserves any less recognition because the Lord will will use us in whatever space or capacity he places us in. And so it's just it's just embracing the stuff and seeing what the life will do and seeing what God wants us to do. So yeah, it's a, it's a place where we're ever learning and ever growing. So, yeah.
0: You know, thank you for saying what you said about, because that's something I've always um, kind of tried to, I don't know, analyze the the whole concept that says you must do one thing, yeah. you know, and I'm all for, let's go for excellence And uh, let's, let's try to do what you're doing. Do it well, do it well. And if, if you're not the person who you can manage A and B at the same time, then yes, focus on that, kind of build that. And then you juggle. But I believe that that is a mindset that so many, they feel pressured in accepting. But I know that God has placed his creativity in me and he's telling me to do this, but society says, no, just do one thing. and, and and it kind of t- it kind of kind of kills the creativity in us, oh, but because yeah. we're forced to, as you say, we're forced to fit into society's view of beautiful. <laughs> society's view of this is what beauty looks like. Go to school, um, ensure that you get your A's, ensure that you get married by this age, ensure that you're making this amount of money. But in your heart, God is calling you to start a business where probably you won't be making the, the, the figures that the corporate job would have given you, but that's where he's pulling you, where you're going to, all your creativity is going to come out. Everything that's in you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to demand much it's going to do. Yeah, but society says, just do this one thing and leave that. So we're giving you permission to walk inside of God's creativity and purpose for your life. And yeah, don't yeah. feel as though you have to be locked into a box and just do one thing because this is what's logical. Sometimes what's logical cripples our destiny and cripples us from, from actually walking into what God is calling us. So, you know, what if I would say, you know what, I'm just going to sing or I'm just, but God says no to a podcast. A podcast is going to minister to hearts blood like, no, let me just stick to one thing. No! no no there there are times when you may even start doing one thing and that may open the door Doors, for something yes. else. yes but you can't lock the door and close it off and say no let me just focus Mm-mm. go where god leads do you find that you've you found fulfillment when you started um you know with with memories by Muezy, and uh, you know doing your your events planning and so on
1: found sufficient fulfillment i think i think generally i find fulfillment in knowing that i'm within the will of the lord um and so if that looks like doing weddings or being in the classroom or leaving the classroom and going into ministry like if i know that that is where the Lord is sending me that that sets a fire on me, like, let's go, yes. you know. And so there was, even, there was even a period in time where I stopped doing weddings. And um, with where I'm in, in wedding planning no, I'm only working with, you know, clients that the Lord tells me to work with. Because the industry is no game. We can't mess mm-hmm. around, you know. <laughs> um, and so I do enjoy doing weddings, but I do not find... All of my fulfillment in doing weddings. I find my fulfillment in fulfilling the will of God for my life.
0: However, that looks. However, However that yeah. looks.
1: And and like you said, at the same time, it doesn't have to look like anyone thinks. So I'm in ministry, but I also do weddings. You know, and and so God has given me the opportunity through you know good time management and, and and maintaining accountability with people who I have to. To. So you know he's given me this space to explore these things, and 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 I think for me it's just God. I'm doing these things and I'm giving them back to you. I'm giving my giftings back to you. I'm giving my nine to five back to you. I'm giving whatever other interests I have back to you. And if he says okay, it's, the time is up, then the time is up. You know, I I I realized in walking away from memories for a while that I'm not tethered to the idea of being a wedding planner. I'm tethered to God and what His desire is for my life. And that has just given me so much freedom, you know, because a lot of times we find our identity in the things that we do. um, Whereas we are to find it in who we are and who we belong to. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's given me a lot of freedom. (laughs) Girl, don't play around with me. Don't mess around.
0: I wanna oh what a segue because I wanna talk about grief. Many people uh, knew your dad, uh, um Pastor Reverend or Bishop, Bishop you know what? Bishop, Bishop.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, and uh, you lost your how long ago did he did he pass?
1: Um dad died in twenty nineteen. Oh, daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Um, Douglas Ultimate Rob. Um, I, I can say I'm blessed to be one of, of um, one of the people in this era who was privileged to live with both mom and dad. Um, and I say privileged because we're seeing this pattern of growth and families straight across the board, even within the church, you know? And so I was privileged to have both parents and I'm eternally grateful um, because I'm sure for them, it was not always easy, you know, and our generation is a generation who's just like, Oh, it's not easy. Okay. I'm checking wow. out, <laughs> you know, but uh, my parents stuck together for many years. I think they might married. for more than 45 years, actually. Um, and that was a blessing for me. Um, daddy was a minister of the Lord <laughs> You know sometimes to his own demise i think i think especially in my latter years of knowing him he was overtly dedicated to his work um and i think that that just came from his passion and his love for the lord mm-hmm. um he was everybody's dad everybody's pastor everybody's confidant, everybody's provider <laughs> you know he was that it was a one-stop shop not just for immediate family but even for a church family um and so losing him was hard, but the Lord gave me a lot of perspective. So much perspective that I think sometimes when my family gathers and we talk about him and people may be around and hear that it may be a little jarring for them. Because we're content with the fact that he's gone. <laughs> you know, we're content with the fact that it was the Lord's timing. We're content with the fact that he would not have been able to handle COVID. We are content with the fact that he would not have submitted to the laws of the land and closed church. We are content. (laughs) God, you are sovereign in all your ways. Um, And more than anything, we've learned what it means to embrace God as father and not have this idol of a father um, and miss the opportunity to see what it means and feels like to have God as a father, to run to God in our moments of weakness and just be like, daddy, daddy, help me do, you know? Um, and so it's been a journey, but I think it's been a very wholesome journey. Um, and it's been a journey that though there is grief that I would not change. Um, yeah. And and of course we're embracing my mom as much as possible um, and just enjoying our days with her and ensuring that she's taken care of the queen as she's being taken care of as the queen that she is, you know, so, okay. yeah, we're happy. Yeah. We're grieving, but we're happy. We do not grieve as people who do not have hope.
0: Amen. What would you say is that his biggest uh, legacy in your life, the biggest thing that he is, that, that you know, wherever you go, when you're married and your business as a minister, that, you know, I got this from my dad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think <sighs> I think the Lord has really been reworking my identity. You know, um, I, remember, I remember when I was getting married, I was just like, my name is Trudy Ann Robert Morgan. <laughs> I am my husband's wife, but that name is special, you know. Um, but I, I am my own woman. I have my own legacy to create. I have my own family with my little husband, Vianney Malone. <laughs> and then I have my extended family. Um, and it is God who makes room for me. And it is God who opens doors, not a name, you know. And so my dad left a legacy, but I want to leave a better one, you know. And so oh. that is my intention. That is my hope that, you know, um, the eras in which my father may have struggled as a man, that my husband and me as a woman, that we would we would surpass and that my children would come and, that, and, and our children would surpass where we are, wow. you know? Um, but if anything, I think I often think that, you know, I have a great load of weaknesses cheering me on. And in moments of weakness, it's just like daddy, I know you're up there like, girl, I'm proud that you're gone, push, keep going, you know? And so if anything, that is, that is the legacy that I embrace, that I have a witness that is cheering me on that is 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 flaming fanning the flame of my encouragement mm-hmm. um and who wants to see me do well for christ and so that's what i've been embracing um oh. and i'm happy that I, I have a fan club in heaven that is excited for me more than you know daddy here that mm-hmm. that means even more to me than anything else
0: for all the daddies, girl and just those who are dealing with the loss of a, a father, a stepdad, someone who was always right there. Um, how do you minister healing, um, especially if it's fresh or they may not have the strength that your family has to continue living?
1: I think honestly, sometimes it's, it's triggering, which is only natural because grief does that. You, know, you never know in the moment that it will trigger you. But as much as possible I try to be present, though I may be triggered and though, though there may be that trauma. Um, and it was quite traumatic losing that. I, I was the person in him in, in the ER room. And the doctors made that last, you know, that last call. I stood there, I looked at him, I looked at them, I felt like I was in a movie. Like this no made no sense. Rewind, let's let's go back again. You know, and so there's a lot of trauma. And I think I think even in the midst of trauma, I don't in the midst of trauma in grief that is, I don't know that I can say that I know how to sit with people in their grief because everybody is so different. Um, and the only thing that I I can tr- truly say that i I can hold on to from my experience is my hope. And so, you know, when when I when my friends have lost a loved one, a dad, all I can say is, you know, there's a hope that you may not be able to understand and perceive at this moment, but you're going to get it. You really are going to get it. And when you get it, it's going to set you free. Um, but you know, you try to be present. You try to say the right things, You try to live on them. but You know, only God will give that hope. (laughs) Only Mm. God can give that hope.
0: Oh, which is why it is so important to have that fellowship with God. Absolutely. 'Cause that's, that's the anchor that's where everything hinges <laughs> you know because um, as you're sharing because the, the I've all my life I, I' never remember losing anyone as close to me as 2020 when I lost my grandmother and that's the first time that I actually got to feel how grief feels you know and as you said there are times when i'm at home and i just start crying for her, you know i would just remember her the memories would pop up and i would just start crying and but in the moment i'd be like okay father give me the strength to continue i know i'm gonna see her again one day you know and, and, and yeah. that's as i said which is why it is so good to have the the lord because to 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 mourn the loss of a loved one without christ Ooh don't know how i do it don't Ex- don't know exactly how do it. exactly it's hard as no, as it, it is, is no yeah. you know and which is why holy spirit comforts us and he gives us the strength to continue and you, you speak of that hope we have to keep that hope alive and as we we meditate on god's goodness meditate on even the life that we are living now that there is more I have they they ran a good race they did what they had to do and it's now time for me to 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 run on and do what I have to do and trust the Lord to comfort us you said something about your dad when I asked you about legacy you spoke about actually building your own because he lived his life and he did what he needed to do and you know it's, it's up to you it's it's funny because I actually in reminiscing on my grandmother, sometimes I would say, I wish I could be half the woman <laughs> she, she, she was, you know, I just think of, of how she raised us as, as kids and she would get up early in the morning and she would do what she needed to do. And she was just everything, you know, she was the perfect cook, you know, when I was born, her husband had passed already, but. When I hear my mother speak of, you know, even how she cared for my husband, um, her husband and her, ste- her her father-in-law, I'm like, I want to be half the woman <laughs> she was. But then don't take on that pressure because we do it. We do it. And it's it's good to have role models. You know, Julie. it's good to have a life that you can see as an example but when you take on the pressure of, I want to be this one, and I want to be what they are, and I want to, you're taking on stress.
1: <laughs> Trust me.
0: You don't want I, that kind of stress. Leave your I story. cannot be my
1: mother. I cannot be my, I cannot be my Ramay Douglas Altiman Rob. That's what she calls herself, by the way. <laughs> Say that again? She makes her name and daddy's name. My May Douglas Altiman Oh. Right? I cannot be her. I cannot cook ox day like my mother does Listen. I, I, her fried dumpling. sis <laughs> are there things in her that I would love to to garner while she's alive absolutely but god forbid when she's gone I cannot be my mother right. and if I get you know attached to this idea that when she's gone I have to live the way that she lives then my children will never know me They'll never know what is within me. They'll they'll never know the the potential I have. They'll never know the mother that God has created me to be for them because I'm busy trying to be my mom's mom, you know, who had me in 1989. This is 2023. Like, (laughs) it's different and it's beautiful and diversity is unity. So why not just embrace love, you know, take the nuggets, but embrace who God has called you to be. That's something
0: special in and of itself. Amen. Amen. All right. So today, um, it's broken to beautiful. That's our topic, broken to beautiful. And I have some hard questions for you, Trudy. The issue of identity. How how do you find that your life has evolved from um little baby Trudy to high school Trudy, to Trudy searching for her purpose, to Trudy learning from her dad, the mentorship that came from all the leaders in her life too? True and Margot.
1: I mean, well, my name has changed. That's the first thing. Yes. <laughs> um I think I think everything is just one big, beautiful melting pot. And I think I found my true freedom when I started to embrace who I am. Um, without condemning myself because I know that there is like that, that God wants to do something in me. Sometimes you feel that pressure, like God wants to make me better and I'm not yet better, so I'm not good enough. And that's a lie, because he actually loves us the way that we are, you know. But um baby trudy was baby trudy. Oh lord, 10-year-old trudy. There's a there's a running joke in my family that I cannot tell the rest of the world right now. But 10-year-old Trudy, that girl was a special girl, okay? (laughs) 10-year-old Trudy. Um high school Trudy was. Just cruising. Like whatever cruising looks like. I don't know. We we're studying, we we're studying for CXC. And my, my dad came into my room one day. I think it was at that point that I realized that sleep was very important to me. Um, I was sleeping instead of studying, and my dad came into my room and woke me up and asked if I'm going to sleep my life away. I was so offended. High school Trudy was cruising. She probably didn't make the best of her high school years. Um And then those two years at Mount really showed me that I was full of potential and that change is full of promise. Um, And so I really embraced those two years and I I became the Trudy that I had hoped to be in um, at Immaculate for five years. I became that Trudy. And then went to university, and that Trudy was just like, I'm a hot girl. Let's be a hot girl. That's when I looked in the mirror and I was just like, but girl, you look good. You is a goodie, <laughs> you know? And you're going to act like one, you're going to walk and talk like one. And so I wasted a bit of time because I was more consumed with how I looked. And enjoying myself, I felt like, wow, well, you're finally in university. Please enjoy yourself. Maybe I did a little bit too much because I'm a college dropout. I proud one know, but I'm a college dropout. So I mean, I never met the best at that time. And sometimes I deal with that condemnation. But you know, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And it is he that writes our story. So we might Amen. mess up, but he's bringing everything full circle. So. And if anything, I met my beautiful husband there. So I didn't leave a degree with a degree, but I left with a man. Bless the Holy Ghost. <laughs>
0: one who loves the lord <laughs> i'm telling you that wasn't my intention and my
1: intention wasn't to leave it i was born i did leave it on hallelujah jesus um lord. and it was also at that place where around the time that i met chat that um i had rededicated my life to the lord because i think like i said i was cruising and you know cruising in christianity equals lukewarm and you know, when you're lukewarm, you're pretty much good enough to be spewed out. So you're not living no type of life, you know. Um, Though I was always at church actively participating, I don't think my conviction was one of, I am I'm a woman of God. Um, and so meeting Chad was very, very monumental to me because that was one of the biggest things that came out of our, our friendship very early on. Um, that I felt the conviction of the Lord I actually had a tangible encounter with Jesus and I felt him help me and I broke down and in that moment I was just like God I am I am never going back like if this is how you love is this is going to be it for me um and so that came out of my relationship with Chad in the beginning years and then you know you're young we're still trying to figure stuff out so you know we separated for a while and then you know I had to find Trudy um, and not just find truly, but truly with her identity in Christ. Um, and so even even that time when Chad and I, you know, weren't in any type of friendship, I was so grateful because I learned what community was. It was in that time that I, re- I met with chanzi Dane, like all of these people, up the, <laughs> the whole community, Nicolette, Anesta, Lindsay Ray, like community. Um, and I learned to grow in Christ in a safe space. And that that, that has marked me to this very day. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And so my, my evolving, let's just say I really started evolving and becoming at that stage, um, growing in Christ, growing in my understanding of his requirements for a child of God, what I'm supposed to look like, how, my, how I'm supposed to speak, I'm supposed to deal with conflict, just all of these things. And so my, 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 my being born again and my evolving really happened in the last of years of my life. Let's say the last 10 years of my life. And yeah, it's just been
0: growing from there, growing and going. In listening to your story and you talking about how you have evolved, how you've changed, transformed over the years, it brings hope. It brings hope for those who feel as though, can God use me? And especially when we, we turn the pages, because our life is like a book, you know. It's, it, we're writing a story from, from, from birth to this point. And when we look at even the mistakes we have made, um, just, just, just stuff, stuff and we may get to a point where we feel as though god god wouldn't have pleasure in using me in in using me to do whatever it doesn't have to be ministry as we know it with a mic and a bible saying turn the pages but in whatever capacity to bring hope to inspire just to glorify him and to declare kingdom come we may find ourselves at a point where we feel as though I can't get there. I can't get to that treasure that the Lord would want to use for his glory. And your story actually brings hope. That it doesn't matter if you're a PK, you could be a pastor's kid, or you could you you were you were born out of wedlock or you were you're were from the inner city community, uptown, downtown. It doesn't matter the color of your skin because these are things that we use to define us. These are things that we say, I'm not good enough because of the community that I come from. I'm not good enough because of my last name. I'm not good enough because I was incarcerated. You know, what can God do with my story? I'm telling you, he can make a treasure. He can make gems. He can make you beautiful because he's ultimately the one who saw your story from the beginning And he sees the end and he knows exactly how to turn it around. And so just as as you mentioned, Trudy, that you rededicate, there was a point in your life when you just rededicated your life to the Lord. And so for some of you, you, it may just be to say yes. Right now, as you're listening to this podcast or watching, this may just be your moment to say, you know, this is my moment for God to change my story. This is my moment for me to step into what God saw when he allowed my mom to, to give birth to me, when my mom found out that she was expecting a child. Some of us, our parents might have wanted to, to commit an abortion, but God Caused you to be here right now. He has a beautiful story, a beautiful purpose for you, and we come into that the moment that we say yes. God begins to do a work from the inside out, but just give him that yes. And you know, truly, I'm thinking of this scripture in in John one, verse fourteen. Verse fourteen is it fourteen? Verse 12, it says, verse 11 starts by saying, he came, that's talking about Jesus. He came unto his own and his own received him not, but as many, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. So that's your work. That's what you do now. You believe on Jesus. Don't think about, oh, I need to change this. I need to do this. I need to put that in place. Mm -mm, That's not your job. God says when you believe on him, when you receive him, when you believe the gospel, believe that Jesus is Lord. If you're one who you have walked that walk and you just need to rededicate, just do that. Say, give him your yes. God says, I'm the one with the power. You don't have any power. I'm the one with the power and I'm the one who will give you power to be who I've called you to be. You don't have enough strategy. You don't have enough manpower. You don't have enough willpower to do it. God says, I am God. And to as many as receive me, as many as receive Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And so we encourage you to give God that yesterday. Surrender your heart. Don't don't think about what you need to do. I go back right there. God is the worker. He is the one who is making his workmanship. He's making his workmanship. He's using his hands. He's the one doing the work. He's the one starting the work and he's the one finishing the work. And he's the one that will give you the power. If you need the grace, you may be a mom and you're saying, I don't know how to raise these children. You may be one you're saying, I don't know the first thing to do. He will give you the grace. He will give you the strength. He will give you the power. You're saying, I don't know how to please God. You may be one. You love your music and you're saying, God, how do I give up? I don't know why I'm going here. How do I give up this music? God says, I will give you the grace. I will give you the strength. I just need a yes from you. I just need a yes from you. I just need that heart that is willing to let it go. That heart that is willing to give it up. And I will give you the strength the power to walk it out. Hallelujah.
1: Mm. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. I just, as you're talking, and you know, I'm saying to him, I swear that just to encourage somebody that God is the God that breaks cycles. Um, you know, I think, I think it's something that the enemy does where he gets us in a place of stagnancy and sometimes it takes decades and years to realize that we are in the same place that we're existing in the same generational curse that we that we have not evolved you know and 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 a lot of times we know but it's so hard to to take this step to break free and it's almost as though i'm seeing like a like a a whirlwind that's just going around like in a circle of motion and it's almost like I see God wanting to literally pull somebody out of that cycle. But it takes you putting that step forward. You know, it takes you extending your hand. He's not going to grab you out. You know, you have to put your, your hand out. Understanding that right in that circle, that cycle, that whirlwind that you've been existing in, right on the outside of that space is somebody who wants to set you free, who wants to deliver you. Um, And if you just extend the hand this morning, your life would never be the same again. Mm. Never be the same again. Never be the same. Mm
0: -mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm -mm. Amen. 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 I want us to pray, but I mentioned... um, Because we talk about broken to beautiful, we talk about um, finding our identity, receiving the mentorship from those who have gone. And there are times when there are things may feel like we're not good enough. Um, I saw you mentioned on Affluent Auntie, your page, um, before about not having any children.
1: How do I walk you through? I mean, it hasn't happened. You know, and I'm so content, I think, I think I'm one that has broken the mold. Um, Even with what the trajectory of my life should have looked like, going to Immaculate, you leave Immaculate and you go on to six form at Immaculate and then you pursue that career. And then you are, you know, I broke the mold. Who leaves Immaculate and goes to a group? <laughs> Who goes to Brown Grove, then goes to UTech, then drops out? (laughs) Who does that, you know? Um, And I think this is just another era of my life that does not look like what everybody else thinks it should look like, you know? there's just this expectation, oh, you've been married for seven years, where is the baby? Stop asking me questions. <laughs> Come out of my business. Even though there's nothing to hide because if anybody knows me, they know I'm an open book. I'm always vulnerable and willing to share. Um, but like I told the gynecologist, like I've told friends, like I've told people, it's not my business to be concerned when I'm going to have a child. It's not my business. How is it my business? It is the Lord's business. The Lord is perfecting. The Lord is molding. The Lord is uniting me with my husband. Um, we're growing in our oneness with each other. We're growing with our oneness in Christ. Yes, I'm I'm content with the Lord's will for my life. Um, and I'm content with what he's given me. I am not going to be consumed with my desires and lose focus on what I already have. And live in a place of thanksgiving, um, stewardship and excellence with the things that he's already given to me. When I have a child, that time will come. If I have a child, that time will come. If I have to adopt, that time will come. Whatever it is, I am not going to be consumed. I refuse to be consumed yes. by the world's expectation of me as a married woman. I refuse. I mean, my, my mother can ask me. She have every right, <laughs> and sometimes I'm just like, "Mommy, you have twenty you have twenty grandchildren. Leave me alone." <laughs> Is it really twenty? Oh, girl, <laughs> it's twenty. <laughs> That's why I'm the affluent auntie. auntie. I am an aunt, okay? <laughs> um, but I'm content. I am content. I am content and i love the lord and i love his intentions towards me and if that means not having a child in this lifetime i'm okay um i want to know that i exist in a place of obedience before i become a mother you know i want to know that when i become a mother if god says to me like abraham release your child i'm willing because my identity has become one of obedience rather than one that is so consumed. With the world's requirements of me, I refuse mm. to conform. So yes. I'm a rebel where that is concerned.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, and I really wanted to to bring that out because that's another place um, that a lot of the questions on worth, you know, comes out. When, when you think of a, of a woman in, in this society, it's like, when are you going to have a chat? That, that's the trajectory that the world creates for us
1: to get married, when you are going to buy a car. Let me tell you something, Nicolette. The stories that the Lord is writing now is not like the stories of old. Yes. And if we get stuck wanting to fit a mold that once existed, when God is doing a new thing, we're going to miss what he's doing. We're
0: going to miss it
1: yeah the faith that he's calling us to the moves that he's calling us to make the relationships that he's asking us to forge in in the space of one moment in the space of a few hours is not what we're used to and if we don't stay positioned in obedience and full submission to the lord we're gonna miss what he's doing and we're going to live a boring lackluster life Wanting to see the move of the Holy Spirit and can't even identify when it comes because we're
0: stuck. I don't mm. want to be stuck. Don't I don't want, want to, to be stuck. stuck. Amen. Me too. I agree with you. Amen. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by Trilliana Morgan sharing with us inside of the Roadblock podcast. Since you're always a blessing and we love, love you, you. Girl. I, what, One thing I didn't say, MC Extraordinary listen. Oh, my listen. God. <laughs> she just has it in her bones like uh, that that's just it but before you go i'm going to ask you to pray um as we talk about broken broken to beautiful there are those who they're in that place of brokenness asking god for healing asking god for that feeling of worth asking god to fill those voids so i'm going to allow you to give your final word of encouragement as well as pray
1: okay let's pray first and then let's see what the lord will say <laughs> Lord, you're Alpha and Omega, And you know, sometimes we become so consumed with our lives and our desires that we forget that you've been here for a very long time. <laughs> and you will be here for much longer. And so the wisdom that you hold, the 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 knowledge that you embody is past finding out and Sometimes we just become so engrossed, Lord, in in our own issues that we forget the God that we serve. So, Lord, we repent and we ask you to forgive us for making you small in our eyes. How could we? How could we, Lord? And, God, I just pray for the grace to embrace the grace that you've given to us. God, I pray for the strength. To know that you are sovereign and to walk according to your precepts. God, I pray that this idea, this mold of being ordinary, that for those of us who you're calling out of that place, that we would embrace the possibility of what you want to make with our lives, Lord. And I speak to everyone who feels stuck. I speak to everyone that you may have shown me in that vision of of just being stuck in this cyclical world. When, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would extend their hands out to you that you would deliver us swiftly in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're in the business of making people new. It's what you love to do. <laughs> you enjoy making us new. You enjoy rewriting our stories. And so, God, I just pray every woman that may be listening that in, in those areas of their lives that they're holding on to an idea that they have a reservation Lord that you would meet them in that place and that you would challenge your hearts Lord and that you call them into deeper relationship and that as they get to know you that they would that they would sense and that they would have a true experience of that feeling of abandonment that comes with loving you that comes with trusting you that comes with knowing you Lord and God, I, I thank you that you're raising even in our generation, righteous moms, remnants, who, who love you and who will stand for the cause of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that many of these are in the, in the workplace, that many are in the doctor's offices, that many are, are working in supermarkets, that many are stay-at-home moms, that many are teachers. God, you have us everywhere. And God, I pray that by your grace that you preserve us. Until the day of Christ Jesus, strengthen us. Continue to meet with us. Continue to speak to us. And God, we pray that we would hold on to your words because your words are life. Your words are hope. God, I pray that we would not be overtly concerned with what another person is doing. And I pray, Lord God, that we would not find or or seek to find worth in something that you have not ordained for us. But God, I think said that we would look at our own stories and and, and have hearts of gratitude and desire the gift of stewardship and and of excellence and that we pursue you from that place. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray for peace of mind. I pray against every spirit of anxiety, every spirit of depression. Lord God, and I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen your woman, that you'd cause us to arise as as the midwives that you've called us to be, as ones that will see to the fulfillment of the promises of God for a generation in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Ah, you know, comparison it seems really the thing that will kill us as women. <laughs> it's, it's such a seed that leads to, you know, deception and hopelessness and, we're just so consumed by, by what everybody else is doing. And we miss where we are and what we, we ought to be doing. And it's something that I've had to struggle with in my own life, you know, seeing my classmates graduate and thinking, oh, you know, this person's working here, or this person's working there, but God has written a story for me. God has written a story for you. And we, if we would just submit in full surrender, the fulfillment, the joy we would feel in knowing that we are his and we're doing what he's called us to do is next to none. So yeah, just pray that the Lord would give us the ability to embrace a spirit of abandonment, knowing that we do not belong to this world, <laughs> and that we are just pilgrims um, and that there is hope for so much more in Jesus Christ. So yeah. That's my encouragement, and I believe that the Lord is going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it in our generation. He's going to do it in a generation to come.
0: Yes. Amen. 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 I agree with you, my sister. Amen. Amen. Trudy and Morgan, thank you.
1: Nicolette Swaby, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, it. I love you, I so love you too.
0: Amen. I trust that you were blessed by this week's episode of the Roadblock Podcast. They're sharing with my sister, Trudy and Morgan. Such a blessing and I'm looking forward to part two of our heart-to-heart conversation, Broken to Beautiful, Changing Stories. God is in the business of changing stories, changing lives. Uh, Jesus loves us. You know, we often sing, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. So yeah, man, he loves us and he wants our lives to mean something here on earth as well as mean something in heaven. And he knows exactly what to do to change our stories from broken to beautiful. He does not turn away the broken. He takes that which is broken. He mends it. He puts it together. He makes something new out of that which is old. And he makes it beautiful. Hallelujah. He makes it the image bearer of truth, the image of Christ. And that's what we all, that's our desire. That's what our desire is. Amen. So be blessed until next time. You walk good. I'm Nicola, baby signing out saying rejoice, feel the breeze, smell the roses, smile with your neighbor until next time. Bye for now.